Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. Dave, how are you? I'm glad to be back. Just it's another week, another day, and still preseason, you know, in the league, and I'm bored. Come on, we I'll need some games. I bet we you need are. some games. We're also joined this week by uh, Mr. Christian Cooksey. Christian, how are you doing? I'm not too bad at all. Thank you very much. Uh, very honoured to have been asked to come on. Feel a little bit of a charlatan because... Uh, <laughs> Your, your knowledge is so much deep. Well, you retain much more than I do. It just whips through my head. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Well, why don't you tell us a wee bit about yourself, Christian? Um, I understand. Well, I know. I know. You're a, you're, a, you're a Raiders fan. You're a Las Vegas Raiders fan, aren't you? I am a Raiders fan. Um, it goes back to good old uh, world of sport on a Saturday and Dickie Davis and I just remember the 1976 Super Bowl was just it was five or ten minutes and it was the Raiders and there was silver and there was black and there was people hitting each other and I was eight years old and I was just that was it and then Channel 4 came along and you know we had the the two Super Bowl wins in the early 80s and I really just started to get into it and I I haven't missed a Super Bowl since it first came on Channel 4 and then Sky and I've followed them through Las Vegas, back to Oakland, the, the now new home in Las Vegas which, you know, doesn't sit right with me but, you know, we get on with it. Um, what else can you I had do? The, well, I had the pleasure of going to Oakland and going to the Oakland Coliseum and see them play there. So, you know, that's the spiritual home. Um, and I hope maybe one day to go to the Death Star. Um, <laughs> I mean, having to go to Vegas, which I've, I've been to Vegas twice. I never want to go there again. But if I have to go, I was actually looking at this season's schedules and there's a nice game in December, I think it is, against the Dolphins in Miami. And I thought to myself, oh, well, if I can get myself a wee holiday, that might be worthwhile. So, yeah, yeah that's me. It is through and through, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, each to their own. See, that's the thing. It's all about what you're yeah. first, what you're first um, exposed to when, when you're watching it. As I say, for me, you know, I've said it before, for me, it was always Dan Marino and John Elway. They were the big names. And I just went with Elway because my brother was a Broncos fan. That's why I said that was it. There's no. No, I, when we first met that first time and I saw you wearing your your Broncos hat, um, so I was like, really? Broncos fan? You know, because I despised John Elway when I was younger. (laughs) I absolutely hated him, mainly because he always used to beat the Raiders. Um, But then as you get older and you get to know the game more, you understand he was a special talent. And, uh, you know, this this day and age is Patrick Mahomes is by far my most favourite player. I think he's just unbelievable. So, and that hurts because he's a Chiefs. And, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a guy I know. He's a huge Chiefs fan, and he just rubs my face in it 
every time he sees me. He does not let it pass. So hopefully we'll get them this season. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Mahomes. He's my favourite player. And I'm, the fact that he's a division rival kills me. Yeah. Um, the Raiders players that I loved to hate, shall we say, uh, Marcus Allen, because he was just so good. Um, Bo Jackson, Tim Brown. Uh-huh. Uh, I couldn't. Be- yeah. I was gutted when Ronnie Lott went to the Raiders. I was like, I cannot believe one of the greatest players was, of all time. I was a huge Ronnie Lott fan when I was younger because when I first started getting into it, there was my heroes were Ronnie Lott and John Riggins because yeah. I wanted to be a running back, um, and I was fortunate enough to play for a couple of seasons in my late teens, early twenties in Manchester with the Manchester Spartans. You know, I was never good enough to be a, a starter, but I was on the roster and, you know, I wanted to be John Riggins. I was never good enough, but, yeah. Oh, shout so, out to the, know. the Manchester Spartans there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I understand, Christian, that uh, you are the proprietor of the Star Inn in Stornoway. And uh, being an NFL oh, fan, indeed. last year you were showing some uh, the, uh, the the playoff games. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we showed, um, basically, Sunday is Red Zone Sunday. It'll be the same again this coming season. So, Red Zone on, and then whatever playoff games fall within the licensing hours, mm-hmm. we will be showing them. So, there's a, when you start talking to people across the bar, it's amazing. Everybody has a team. You know, we've got people in that are Dolphins fans. I've got Vikings fans, you know, you know Everybody has a team, even if they're not big followers of the game. Everybody has a team, and once it goes on the telly, and people say, "Oh, I don't understand it," and I always say, "Just watch the quarterback. If you watch the quarterback, you can always work out what is going on in the play because you can see him if he hands it off. You can see if he's dropping back to throw it." Um, so yeah, we hope to push on that this season with the uh, red zone Sundays. So there you are. If you're in the Lewis area, Stornoway area at all this year, go over to the Star Inn um, and uh, you can catch Red Zone when it's uh, six o'clock, six o'clock to till close, I suppose, Christian, whenever you <laughs> close till 11. It actually works out really nicely. Six till 11. So it's um, really good. There you go. Win-win for all NFL fans in the Stornoway Lewis area. Uh, Dave, you're very quiet over there, Dave. We're not ignoring you. Now I just I'm, want to check. I'm taking it all in. I'm, it, I'm taking it all in. I I did it. I I the, the last time that I was in a bar, I think I've been in a bar twice this year. So you know, I, I it, the star is still the kind of re, revamped star. It's still relatively new to me. So I'm I'm taking it all in. I'm and I'm enjoying being in the company of a Raiders fan because I never thought I'd be able to say those words. Um, because you, they're, they're such an amazing organization, as we all we all love the Raiders. <laughs> Uh, on this on this podcast, but I'm I'm glad we found a good one. So so th- thank you, Christian, for turning up and proving me uh, mostly wrong anyway. Thank you, Dave. Well, I'm a Man City fan as well, so you know. Oh, oh it gets better. Oh, <laughs> it's just oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's just this is you know, so this is the greatest podcast ever. We, we <laughs> this is brilliant. I, I'm loving it. That's that's my thing about the Raiders because we've been so bad for the last twenty years. I mean, let's face it, we have been awful. Um, 
and all those years of supporting Man City, and we were so so bad. And yeah. now I now I know that things can get better. Whether Josh McDaniels is the man to leave the promised land, <laughs> no, he's not. I'll reserve judgment. I can answer, I can answer that. No, I, I don't um, need no crystal ball for that answer. No is the answer to that. Uh, there, there's yeah. no uh, there's no Pep Guardiola that's going to come and no. save the Las Vegas oh. Raiders at all. Or Josh ain't no Pep, that's for sure. No, no he's not. No. Oh, um, but it's 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 going to be a great season. I'm so looking forward to this season. It's it's going to be a good one. Um, there's no getting away from it. AFC West is the division. Out of all the divisions, this is the one. This is the one that's the hardest. And whoever whoever wins this, they're going to be probably going into that uh, Super Bowl game. Ooh, that's a big one. You, you could be right. You could be right. You ha- you have to think if if a team, let's say for argument's sake, it is the Raiders. If the Raiders come good and they manage to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs, if they're good enough to do that, you have to think they're good enough to go to the Super Bowl, because the Chiefs are the class act in the AFC. And there's other great teams as we've said already: the Buffalo Bills, the the Bengals, the Ravens, the Dolphins are looking good this year. But it starts and ends in Kansas City, you know, before a ball is kicked, obviously, and and all being equal, everyone staying healthy. So if any team, whether it's the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, if they're able to knock off the Chiefs, you've Mm -hmm. got to think that they're going to be one of the favourites to to win the AFC. I would say so. Yeah. So, Dave, uh, we'll put it over to you now. Has there been any news in the NFL this week? Because I don't think so. There's been... (laughs) It's been very little happening, but uh, what little news there has been, take it away, Dave. I mean, it's uh, the only kind of real things of note. Um, JJ Watt is joining CBS as a new sports analyst, so he's moving on to the next part of his career, I suppose, or a new career in, well, you could tell in the analyst field. I was going to say in show business because it's JJ Watt, and I think show business would suit JJ Watt quite well. Um, Apart from that, it's the Patriots that have been re-signing uh, a couple of players. Um, linebacker uh, Juwan Bentley re-signed on a two-year $18.75 million deal with $9 million guaranteed. And uh, one of their, well, uh, I suppose one of the league's kind of, I'd say arguably underrated wide receivers in Devontae Parker, uh, who's uh, been signed a three-year $33 million uh, deal with 14 million guaranteed so a lot of bonus um a, a lot of bonuses added on to that deal but it, you know he could in theory earn 11 million dollars a year there so that's that's a that's pretty decent for someone that hasn't lit up the league at all but you know the abilities there I, I think um that, that that's been clear to see uh, in the past so the, the uh, Patriots just doing Patriots things and getting things just a little bit under the radar and getting some quality players at a pretty much a knockdown price. That, or I would say anyway, because um, we know already that there's been, there's, there's still rumours about some, some of the free agents and where they're going. So Patriots are starting to make their moves now. It'd be interesting to see who else goes there as well. Mm, and of course, there's still some of the big name free agents that are out there. Big unsigned names. We, we spoke already the last couple of weeks about... Dalvin Cook, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, Jondre Hopkins, guys like that are just sort of floating around in the ether. We, we know what well, we think, we know that they're going to get picked up. Um, but still, nothing, just no news. We're just sort of waiting 
for something to happen and it's going come on uh because pre-season is not far away five weeks not five weeks so, i mean tra- training camp is in what three weeks mm-hmm. for, for a lot of teams so that that's you know that's that's pretty big and if it comes down to um you know, as a, a couple of teams wheeling and dealing in the next few weeks, I wouldn't be surprised with Pats were at the front of that queue for any kind of highly touted free agent, and they're making their moves now as they're coming into free agency. Uh, so as they're coming into preseason, because maybe they've already had a look at what they've got in terms of maybe they're kind of on the edge of getting into this, getting into the roster, and maybe practice squad kind of level players. So they've already had a look. So if they think maybe we need a little extra there, they're making their moves now. So Patriots carry on doing Patriots things. I, I mean, what, what do you expect? So Belichick's done it for, what, two decades, three decades, 20 decades, whatever it's been. But uh, he, he just keeps doing the same thing over and over. And we shouldn't be surprised at this point, should we? Definitely not. So that covers pretty much everything that's happening within the likes of free agency, or should I say the lack of free agency at the mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. Dave. But was there any other news? Um, apparently, there's still this this whole gambling, players betting is still going on. Um, what update do we have on that? I mean, I'm just at this point, I'm just going to brand it gambling garbage gate because I'm so sick of it. And it's a pile of rubbish um, from what they've done. Um Two, two Colts players, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry. Um, Isaiah Rogers was a cornerback that I mean, he was also a pretty lightning returner as well. With um, Rashad Berry, he was kind of backup defensive ends, um, I think, and you know he was sort of between the roster and the practice squad. They both had um, uh, suspensions, and it's actually indefinite suspensions. They can they can basically appeal in twenty twenty four to come back in, but. Uh, you know, I, I, the priorities of the NFL are just so ridiculous that it's beyond a joke now. And also, um, Demetrius Taylor, who was uh, who's a now a free agent, uh, he's definitely a free agent now. Um, uh, he's also been um, bundled, bundled in and suspended indefinitely. He was with the Lions last year as a defensive tackle. He was with the Lions last year, but um, yeah, Gamble Gate or whatever you want to call it, you know, Golden Gate Bridge. This time you got the Gamble Gate Bridge. With, with all these guys, um, oh, I'm on fire. I'm firing them out. Oh, yeah, you are. You know, cool your jets, hot shot. It's all right. Uh, no, yeah, Christian, it's, it's just more. Yeah. Christian, I want to get your viewpoint on this because we've had we, we had Patrick talking about it. And we had, uh, mm. I think, Andrew's talking about it. Jake's talked about it. I've talked about it. Dave's talked about it at length. It's still going on. What's your view on this? Some of, some of these suspensions are ridiculous for what was going on. But some of them, you think, if, if you're actually betting on NFL games, particularly if it involves your team as a player, I get it. That, you know, that's that's tantamount to, to match fixing, as we would call it over here. Um, but, like, the, the likes of the, the, the Lions player who got suspended, was it six games for placing a bet on a college game, but he happened to be in the... Lions facility at the time, things like that. Mm. What do you, what do you make of this? It's just it's never ending, is it? It's the NFL. I mean, it's not rocket science for a footballer. You know, you know the rules. I bet, you know. Um, but again, the disproportion of some of the um, the fines and the suspensions. You know, you say a guy was just in the facility making a bet on something else yet. 
um, you know, you sometimes get racist or um, misogynist remarks and they get away with a slap on the wrist and that's what drives me crazy. Um, it's still like there's an old boys club there um, up in the higher echelons. Um, but, you know, this is coming from a Raiders fan, you know, our office is nothing to write home about. I think when you started this uh, podcast, um, I sent you a message saying, you know, would there ever be anything that your team would do that would make you give up being a fan? And, That's right. you know, my, my, my team, we have not covered ourselves in glory, even back from the days of Al Davis, as much as we loved Al Davis and especially his, um, his uh, ongoing feud with Pete Rozelle, um, you know, there's a standard that we hold ourselves to every day in our organisations where we work. Um, it's not difficult for the NFL to put proper uh, regulations in place these days across all things. Um, and it's just a failing on their part. It's, it's just the mind boggles. I, it's almost like I'm not even surprised anymore. When you see, you know, a player's been suspended for betting, and you think, "What are you doing?" I mean, how? I just, I give up. <laughs> I give up on it. Yeah, but uh, it's something you said um, a while back, Neil. So you know, when you get a young man coming out of college, and they give him a huge amount of money, and although, right, you have training, but then say you're say you're a Seahawks player and you're flying to Washington to play the Commanders, you've got 12, 8, 9, 10 hours in a hotel room with nothing to do, you know, and you think, oh, I'll just place a bet or I'll just do this or I'll just do that. You know, these are young young guys that need good guidance. And when you look and see people like Mahomes, who obviously has a good agent, he has a good family around him, um, you, know, you see he's on the right track, but other players, you, you see them when they, they go the other way because they've not got the right people helping them. Yeah, um, Mahomes is definitely in the right track. His, his brother isn't. I don't, yeah, know, I, I, I don't know what's happened there. My goodness. that's We're not even going to talk about that. He's <laughs> no. in a whole heap of trouble. Let's, um, let's put that can of worms back yeah, in the cupboard, let's not please. Go there. But, you know, but you're right. Mahomes, as I, and I know we talk about Mahomes all the time. I, I know I do. Mm. He has shown a maturity so far beyond his years. Um, you know, even from his, his first season, as oh, well, his second season, technically, his first as a starter, when he looked like he'd been in the league for 10, 15 years. And very few young players show that sort of responsibility, self-responsibility and self-awareness about what they're doing and what um, they are held accountable to. So you're absolutely right, Christian, um, but I don't know. I don't know. Is it the organisations themselves, I, I think their responsibility to the players or the league? Something think, needs to be done to, to guide them a bit better. Um, I reckon it's a little bit of everything. I reckon mm -hmm, yeah. you've got, because as, as a perfect example, so Patrick Mahomes comes into the league and Alex Smith is the starter. And Alex Smith shows him the ropes for yeah. his first year. 
Now, mm-hmm. as we all know, Alex Smith is a consummate professional. He always was. If you take someone like the the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco's, and he's like, it's not my job to mentor this guy. Now, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson turned out, you know, he's immature and or anything because of Joe Flacco, but I think that that's got to have something to do with it. And then the family side, that's got to have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. The, the organization itself, as you mentioned, the coaches, the trainers, that'll have something to do with it. But the other players around them as well will have something to do with it. And, and I, I'll bet you, that's why you see a lot of teams um, signing veterans. And we've seen it. I don't. It happens mm-hmm. every single year. Where t- a team will sign a veteran who might be, you know, in their mid-30s. And you're like, why are they signing this guy? He's got, you know, how much has he got left in the tank? He could probably only play six games or something in an entire season but it's it's the the qualities the locker room the, presence yeah the leadership quality the leadership yeah, we talk about we've talked about it all the time don't we with the leadership yeah. qualities you got players like what is it um Calais Campbell I mean Calais Campbell's like what 60 now it feels like <laughs> anyway, he's been in the league that long he's probably 60 but he's still signing these you know these deals because of the leadership qualities he provides the experience provides the mentoring it's I think that Houston have done that this offseason, I feel. They signed a lot of little veterans. I think Devin Singletary was one of them that I thought, yeah, he's actually quite, he's he's been about a bit and he knows the, knows the deal, knows the script. So when you've got two high first round picks that are going to be massively paid their first year out of college, Will, Will Anderson signed his, uh, his rookie contract maybe a week, two weeks ago at the very most. I mean, he's getting a signing bonus of twenty-two point six million just for signing for for uh, you know being picked third overall, basically. And he's getting over four years, thirty-five million dollars. How many of these guys come from backgrounds that are? Then there's no riches in these backgrounds. So if you have the right guys around, you got you got the leaders in the locker room, you got the kind of backs backroom staff at, at the team who will you know give them advice here and there. And then have the NFL making sure that every single club has these kind of guys there ready for support, whether it's, you know, um, training for the coaches, uh, how to spot these things or for the backroom staff, everything like that. That's that would be the league's role. The team would make sure that they have the people in place for all these players. And then some of the more the veteran players, like you said, they're to be made aware you know, uh, we would like this from you as well. We'd like that from you as part of the package. It's a great circle. That's a good circle, and it it will keep that kind of steady, um, that that kind of steady belt of things going round steadily going round. But they haven't done. They, there has been a lot of chinks in that belt so far in the last, especially in the last kind of few, like say ten years. Been so many chinks, money getting thrown at players. And then instead of going, you know, with that little step kind of process, that they've kind of you know left a big hole in one of the steps, and both head first, and they fall through the, they fall through that hole. It's a horrible, it's a horrible thing when uh, you know the support is potentially there, but potentially there doesn't mean it's there. So that's where the NFL and the team step in, making sure that it is there. Well said. You know, Wilson have done a rant like that. Well said. It? That was good. I enjoyed that. Very well done. Right, gentlemen. Was there anything else? Oh, Dave, there was something else. There was something oh, yes. else. You mentioned it uh, sort of when we were off air there. Um, there's another player has had a wee incident, mm. hasn't he? 
Yeah, and, uh, and it's 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 a PED violation. Um, where have these the been? Jag- hey, where have the well, PED violations per- been? Not one of these wow. ages. Yeah, but uh, it's for, it's for it's it, this would have been good to have on last week's podcast because it's a Jaguar that's been caught out. It's Cam Robinson, offensive tackle. Um, he's been suspended for four games for violating the PED violation, and basically. Uh, the statement from the Jaguars uh, has been that uh, we're disappointed with the development of this ruling and we'll support Cam and work his way through the suspension. And Cam Robertson uh, has basically said that uh, I want to set a good example. Um, it hurts me that I cannot be out there with my brothers at the start of regular season, that kind of thing. Um, but I'll be both ready physically and mentally. So... I don't... There's no kind of further information on it. There's a lot of what, but when, but how, you know, all these kind of questions are still very unanswered. So um, th- this came out three days ago and I haven't seen anything, especially in the Twitter sphere. I've not seen anything in relation to it. So I'm a bit in the dark, I'm afraid, uh, as to any of the details. But yeah, so Cam Robinson, offense tackle for Jaguar, suspended for four games. There you go, four games for PEDs. Now, we don't know what he took, but I'll tell you this. Aaron Rodgers has been out of his napper on hallucinogenics <laughs> for the past God knows how long. I don't need any suspensions there, do you? Nothing. Just, just, uh, no. you know? They, they couldn't get to him because they, they could, you can't get him to pee in a cup when he's in complete darkness. You have to find him and... Yeah, you yeah, also need to scrape him off the ceiling. Good grief. <laughs> It's just uh, it's yeah. darkness. Yeah, in but darkness. It's not, we're not going to hear about him all the time the next coming season, is it? It's just oh. going to be Rogers, Rogers, Jets. Oh, I'm bored of it already. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I brought him up. Right. Apologies, gentlemen. Right, let's <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. We have it is deep dive time. It's the final one of the AFC. It is the AFC West deep dive. Uh, the AFC West, which of course consists of Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm never going to get used to seeing that. Yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's still difficult. And the Denver Broncos. And we are starting, of course, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, we all know about them. The end of the season, 14-3. and three, They had a point differential of 127. Um, they marched their way through the regular season, through the playoffs, into the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, league MVP and Super Bowl MVP. Um, Christian. We will put it to you first. The Kansas City Chiefs, whilst they have lost a couple of pieces on offense through free agency trades and so on, um, what do you what do you make of them? First of all, what do you make of them last year, uh, and then off season going into this year? What are you expecting from the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, last season, I have to say, I actually the Bills at the start of the season I thought they were going to go through to the Super Bowl and win but as the season goes on that combination of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes just when they take the park you know the W's there, you know they're going to win Um, you know Mahomes is going to pull something out of the bag you know Kelsey's going to be there at the end of the pass, I mean, they took the Raiders apart last season. It was embarrassing at times. Um, they're solid. 
solid on the offensive line, solid on the defensive line. The I think the defensive coordinator's been there for five years now, is it? And the offensive coordinator, he's just back, but he's been there before. It's just a solid, well-run organisation, and I don't see anybody that I think is going to stop them in the AFC West or the AFC themselves this season. Yeah. Succinctly put. (laughs) Now, Dave, before I put it over to you for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is actually Mm -hmm. for the two of you. There's something I just want to point out uh, about this team. This Kansas City Chiefs team, as I say, they lost a couple of players, but they signed some players. I I honestly think Andy Reid doesn't care about wide receivers because of Mahomes. He's like, I don't care. We can have anyone there. They're going to go well. But there's there's one score from last year that I wanted to bring up here. Um, the in week three, the Kansas City Chiefs lost their first game of the season to the Indianapolis Colts, twenty to seventeen, and. They, I mean, they outgained them 315 yards to 259. They had more firsts down, first down, sorry. Um, they had, it was, it was just, it was two turnovers. It was just, and the Colts turned over once. But at the end of the year, you look back on that game and you think, how in the world did the Indianapolis Colts, who were garbage last year, beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put that question to you. How in the world did the Colts beat the Chiefs last year? And if they played each other this year, what would the outcome be? Um, <laughs> I mean, just to swap over sports again for a second, uh, it would probably be a cricket score in favour of the Chiefs because I think the Colts would be. I, I, I think the Colts have maybe some decent foundation blocks, but nothing can compare to what the Chiefs have. Um, that game, I mean, I'm pretty sure, was there not like, um, was that not the game that Amendola was the kicker and just had a shocking game? He kind of had like, what he had one field goal that he missed, he missed an extra point. Um, and then there were a couple key moments, if I remember rightly, where um, the Colts defense just kind of stopped the Chiefs in their tracks. And then it, I think it was... Things that could have gone either way. It could have been, you know, thirty-eight to nil to the Chiefs. But or if if all the kind of fifty-fifty decisions had gone in, in their favor, but I think I think the Colts rode their luck in that one. I I don't think it was competency. I think that teams need a lot of luck to beat the Chiefs. Um, although in saying that, did the Broncos not push them all the way in one game last year? The, the, the Broncos have played the Chiefs close every game well, pretty much even, yeah, over even, the past under six years yeah. even though we've lost and, every single time uh, yeah. to them and underperforming Nathaniel Hackett All right, listen we're not going to stamp Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> we're not going to do that we've got the Broncos to come later on Broncos, we're talking oh, about the Chiefs oh, my oh good sorry <laughs> talking about the Chiefs that's it uh, one stat I did see um, since coming into the league Patrick Mahomes, as a, the Chiefs, I should say, since Patrick Mahomes came into the league, um, the Chiefs are undefeated on the road in the division. I mean, that is unheard of. Patrick Mahomes has never lost a road game uh, in the FC West. The Chiefs are unbeaten in six years. That's in the division. 
in, in in the division. In the division. Yeah. So they've yeah. they've, they've played the the, the Raiders, uh, the Chargers, and the Broncos six times in their own venues, and the the Chiefs have won every single one of those games. That's that's a heck of a record because you would you would think there would be just one anomaly. I mean, you, you're yeah. saying about that game against the Colts last year. You look at the Raiders. We went to go and play the Colts last year. Jeff Saturday's first game. We should have walked that. Should have. <laughs> and we ended should, up coming away with a loss, which was just. It's funny because I, I think was that actually, was the lowest. I think that was the lowest point last season. That I, one was. Just, I was. I was going to bring that up actually when we came to the Raiders because I thought it was so funny that the Chiefs played the Colts and lost. Yeah. The Raiders played the Colts and lost. Um, the Broncos played the Colts and lost. <laughs> and, and you're like, the Colts only won four games last year. <laughs> they, they, they won four games. At least three of those were against the AFC West, who preseason, everyone said, oh, all these teams are winning a dozen games. It, that didn't mm. work, but that's not the point. Staying on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, the the receivers. They, they lost receivers, but the receivers, they're coming and going. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster. They clearly just didn't care that he was there. But they bring in, um, they brought in a Valdez Scantling, Marcus Valdez Scantling in. They lost, there was another guy they lost. <laughs> I can't remember where he's gone now. Is it to Miami? No. Um Yes. Well, Tyree Kill went to Miami. Tyree Kill the year before. Uh, Tyree I mean, Kill the year before, they, but there they was... went into Miami and went to won a Super Bowl, so... There was, there was another one. He was a really well, fast... Nicole Hardman's Nicole just Hardman. gone. Yes. Yeah. So, Nicole Hardman's gone as well. They, they're just just throwing these receivers out, but I, I don't see this team slowing down at all. I don't think that they're going to, you know, be averaging 17 points a game and that I, I don't see it. I'm expecting them, regardless of who is out there catching passes, to be in the high 20s, 30s every single week. I, 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 Christian, I'll put it to you. I mean, what do you, what do you see from this? How do you stop this team? <laughs> well, quoting uh, the Raiders' uh, head coach, um, he's, he says, we have to stop. Mahomes, you have to get to the quarterback and you've got to get to him straight away. And when we get onto the Raiders, that's that's the point there um, with, our, with our defense. Um, Mahomes and Kelsey just have this, I don't know what it is, it's a connection. You know, they. Annoyance as far as 31 other teams in the league are concerned. Annoyance. <laughs> it's just ridiculous yeah. uh, connection between the two. It's, it's, it's horrible to watch it, that. You're just in awe. Oh, kind of awe. I mean, he, he scored on us more times than uh, Harlan did last season, Kelsey. He, he took the Raiders apart. Um, yeah. It's, it's a special... Sometimes I just say to myself, you've got to sit back and enjoy this because this is a special time and this is a special team. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you have to get... You've got to get to Mahomes. You've got to stop him. You've got to... When you, even when you get him out of the pocket, he's... He, you know, he can just do the most amazing things. So... Yes. Yeah. Last year... Now, now a few years ago, I can't remember, three or four years ago, there was the famous play where Von Miller chases him around the side and he throws a left-handed pass for a first down. You're like, what's going on here? <laughs> Last year against the Broncos, 
he was being chased to the other side, and I can't remember, I think it was the safety, Justin Simmons, and he whips this underhand yeah. thing, to, I think it was Jedek McKinnon, and takes off to, and you're going, yeah. But what, is, what was that? That's not NFL not football. Did he not throw like a, like a kind of basketball shot over as well? He's done that he was, before. He, was he being just, like, just puts he just, it. Yeah, he's done that a couple of times, but he did it again, and they just he just keeps doing it. It's just, it's not fair. It's a fact that it, it he never looks like he's panicking, even when he clearly yeah. should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all remember that Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, where he was literally running for his life the entire game. Uh, and some of the, the, the passes that he was, well, I'm seeing making receivers dropping things that hit them right in the face. Um, but some of those passes that he was making, and you're thinking, what? Nobody can do that. That's absolutely unbelievable. Um, you, I think you're right, Christian. That you have to get him at home. The problem is that under pressure, he's the most accurate quarterback in the entire NFL against the Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what do you do? Oh, it's all. You, know, <laughs> just... you sit back and you enjoy it, and yeah. you write off another. You know, this is going to be the case. This is going to be the case in the AFC West for the next decade. Um, well, for as long as Andy Reid's probably there, um, we're just going to have to sit and take it. We really are. Um, this is a special, special yeah. player who I personally think will go down as the greatest quarterback that the NFL's ever seen. I I rate him that highly. There's just something about him that's so special. Yeah. Um, you know, we have our new part owner uh, that is referred to as the GOAT sometimes, um, but I don't think that Brady, in, even in his heyday, is anywhere as near as good as Mahomes is. Oh, no. So. No, I, I, I struggle. Completely different quarterbacks, and I yeah. think they're also two different eras. I would say, even though you know Brady at right at the back end of his career, Mahomes is right at the start. So I think you yeah, it's you know Brady because of his Super Bowl record can be put into the, the conversation. Let, Apart do, from no, that, no, he can't. He, he <laughs> you can't. Know, so. I mean, like, oh my! Do we do we need to discuss this again? Really? Yeah, I, I look numbers. Numbers mean, mean nothing. Many, numbers mean nothing. How well, many, I, how many, it's just, oh if you're going to go by number, if you're going purely by numbers, Steve, then Otto Graham is the greatest quarterback of all time. Different generation. I, I, no, but he's just the best of all time. If you're going by numbers, he played ten years. They made ten finals. He won seven. There you go. Greatest of all time. End of discussion. No one will ever do that again. By your rationale. Yes, I mean, I, uh, loose, yes, loosely, yeah, loosely. That's, so no, I, th- I, like, Super Bowls. Brady did not win seven Super Bowls. His teams won seven wins and losses oh, is not oh, yeah. a quarterback stat. <laughs> I I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. When John Elway retired, when John Elway retired, he was the winningest quarterback of all time. He'd won more games than anyone. Hmm? Almost nobody would, when he retired, with the exception of Broncos fans, rated him higher than Joe Montana. Elway won way more games than Montana did. Elway had a winning record against Montana. So, throw wins and losses out the window. It's not a stat. It's stupid. It's a team stat. The ultimate, 
Don't they call this the ultimate team concussion? I know you've got something to say about this. <laughs> what I go off on? Just like to, I just I just like to like the blue touch paper and uh, and step back. But no, I'm <laughs> no Brady. I have to. I have to go back on myself because I've never been a Brady fan, but he now looks like he's going to be part of the Raiders organization. And whatever I like or don't like, he's a winner. Um, whether he was part of a winning team with potentially one of the greatest coaches ever in Belichick, you know, he had some great players like Endelman around him. Um, you know, but I don't think he close to Mahomes. Mahomes has an inbuilt natural ability to just make things up as he goes um, and he can just turn a game in two seconds. I mean, he won a Super Bowl on one leg. You know, I wish I could uh, I wish I could be that active, but um, no. I can't even get down He's... my drive. <laughs> I've got two legs. It doesn't work very well. Yeah, Mahomes is something yeah. special. He he really is something special. Uh, now, you're, you're talking about Brady being part of your organization, whether you like it or mm-hmm. not. Um, I don't know. Do you follow Formula One, Christian? I, uh, not as much as I used okay. to. It's, but you're aware of its existence. Yeah. yeah uh, there exactly. is a chap there by the name of Lewis Hamilton, right? Now, mm-hmm. Lewis Hamilton is the most annoying driver in Formula One. He's the whiniest, whiniest, yeah, complaining... Every time something mm-hmm. goes wrong, it's the car, and every time something goes right, it's him. The, uh, in fact, they had the national, uh, the Styrian anthem at the Grand Prix then, and he had his fingers in his ears through the entire thing. You're an F1 driver, you've got earplugs hanging around your neck. Anyway, he is a part of under the Denver Broncos. <laughs> that kills mm-hmm. me. Ooh. That kills me, because I despise, <laughs> I despise Lewis Hamilton. I cannot mm-hmm. stand him. And he Part owner of the Broncos. That's just, oh, that's yeah, awful. I, uh, yeah. I was, yeah, sorry, sorry, Chris. I was just going to say, um, I, you know, so you need to refer to him as Sir. Lewis I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> 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 I because, don't. I really you know, don't. I don't have Sir to do that. Lewis Hamilton, and Sir that, that would be his. Uh, his did you title. did you know um, did, did you know that he wants one sports personality of the year? Yeah. Yeah, personality. Yeah, that's when I stopped watching it, actually. The man doesn't have a personality. How did he win it? <laughs> so this, that, it's actually one of the reasons I stopped watching F1 because I am like you. I do not like Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> my my father adores him. Oh. He absolutely, he's got a he's got a full size life size cutout of him at home. Oh, um, don't no, Seriously. I don't. Yeah, he does. Oh. It does. It's embarrassing. It really is. That's why I don't go back home to Manchester too often. <laughs> Do you know, I, I was, as I say, I was watching the Grand Prix on on Sunday there, the the Austrian uh-huh. Grand Prix, and my my lovely wife, my long suffering wife, was sitting there doing what she does when I'm watching Grand Prix, and she said he whines so much, doesn't he? Because he was constantly on the radio complaining, this car's rubbish, the brakes don't work. And you're like, Lewis, your you track limits, you got a five-second penalty. It's the car. Do you know something? The car doesn't drive itself. You drive it. And you can pay a ton of <laughs> money to do it. Keep it inside the white lines. He's so white. I oh, we got way off topic. <laughs> we got... This might be one of the worst off-topic ones we talked about. <laughs> 
We were talking about the Chiefs. I, um, does anyone have anything else they want to see about the Chiefs before we move on? Dave, your faces are picking. No, apart from they'll win back-to-back Super Bowls. I, I think they will. I, early prediction. Um, I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you, Christian. I think they will. There's, there's Christian's stupid early prediction. Hang on, hang on, Christian. What I'll do is I'll insert Tim saying it, and then we'll <laughs> get you to say that again. So Tim will come in now. And now it's time for stupid early predictions. My stupid early prediction will be Chiefs back-to-back Super Bowl winners. There you go. Not yet. That's not even stupid. That's just, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> stupidly early. There you go. It's, you know, I haven't it's even. It's not even been training camp yeah. yet. Well, you, you know, Kelsey could blow out his knee on the first yeah. day of training camp. Um, Mahomes you know, could get Mahomes could concussion uh, and be find free. God and go and live on a, a, a desert island somewhere. You know, you, you just never know. But uh, yeah. I think, uh, as bets go, it's a pretty safe one. That, yeah, I think that there's more chance of uh, Aaron Rodgers going to live on that island rather than <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. But um, yeah, I'm I, I pretty much in full agreement. It's just there's no stopping them. I I, I think I, I generally think they're going to have a great record this year as well. So we will move on, gentlemen, and we come to the next team in the AFC West, which was the Los Angeles Chargers. They finished with a record of 10 and 7. They had a points differential of 7, plus 7 on the entire year. Uh, They made the wild card, and what they did in the wild card is they went, they hosted Jacksonville. And as we mentioned last week with the Jaguars, they ran up a 27-point lead and blew it to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the wild card. Now, we all know Justin Herbert is a very gifted quarterback. He can throw that ball from anywhere on the field to anywhere else in the field. He's got an absolute rocket for an arm. But as we've seen, that does not a Super Bowl team make, just having a quarterback. Now, there are some talented pieces around him. You've got the likes of Austin Eckler um, and a, a Mike Williams, the receiver, and the other receiver, whose name I've completely forgotten because I'm rubbish at this, Keenan Allen, thank you very much. Um, but for some reason, this this has happened to the Chargers when they were in San Diego in the past. This has happened time and time again in the postseason where something just goes completely wrong and they manage to mess it up. Um, so Dave, I'll put it to you first for the... Los Angeles Chargers, because I keep saying San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, what did you make of them last year? And what are you expecting from them this year? I mean, I thought you were going to go to Christian first because the Raiders know about blowing leads over and over and wow. over again, especially after last year. Um, Shots yeah, you know, fired. The, I, I, I mean, you know, if someone's got, if a certain quarterback has 48 hours, less than 48 hours to prepare for a game and then comes back with the last play of the game, you know, but and it's a Raiders. Dave, the other Dave, side. Dave, we're not talking about the Raiders. It's we're not, talking about the Chargers. We're talking about blow. Uh, no, we're talking about the Chargers. Yes, we're going, we're literally <laughs> about to talk about the Raiders after the Chargers. So you can get it off your chest then. <laughs> okay. So. The Chargers are, um, they're an organization that are so hard to predict. They're really hard to predict, I think. And last year, you just didn't know which one was going to turn up. It was to the point where 
injuries were so bad. Injuries were the worst thing for the Chargers. Um, that you know, there was no consistency either. I mean, that 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 kind of comeback from by the Jaguars was so. I think the word I'm looking for is epitomizes uh, their entire the Chargers' entire season because that it, it they just they kept going. They were going well, going well, and then it would fall flat to the earth again. And it it just seemed to be a continuance of that. So. Um, I think Herbert Herbert's productivity relies on his confidence. That's what I think. I think a confident Justin Herbert is one an elite quarterback in, in the league. A not so confident Justin Herbert is a liability. And I, I don't I, I don't use that lightly. I'm I'm not saying that you know he shouldn't be the kind of status that he is. I'm saying that when we saw Josh Allen last year a couple of games that he really it made you question is this still the same guy kind of thing you know he was making horrific decisions justin herbert does exactly the same and that's the difference for the chargers between maybe nicking into a wild card spot and going on to challenge for the division the consistency of the players and i haven't seen anything really to shout home about uh, that that's changed there um, Christian, Dave makes a very good point there about Justin Herbert. Do you think it's almost like the Brett Favre syndrome, where he's like, "My arm is so good, I I can I can get it in there, even if it's like triple coverage," uh, and maybe he just gets too pumped up overthrowing receivers because he did he did throw some bad interceptions last year, mm-hmm. but he made some of the most incredible throws that we, we've seen outside of Kansas City. Um, all, all year, he was making fantastic throws. The, the talent is there. We can all see the talent with Justin Herbert. But do you think maybe he is trying to do too much, Christian? What do you, what do you think of that? I think Dave's absolutely spot on when he comes to Herbert. Um, the talent's there. Everybody can see that the talent is there. That makes me wonder more... Is it down to the coach or the quarterback room itself? Um, consistency is what he needs. He He's at the stage now, I mean, what's that, four or five years in now um, with the Chargers? Mm-hmm. He needs a solid season that you just, you're saying that this is possibly one of the best quarterbacks in the league because he's producing it every week when you watch a charges game you're never quite sure what you're going to get you're either going to get the fantastic justin fields or you're just um, not justin fields sorry um you know you're just not quite sure what you're going to get sometimes think of the charges as a vanilla team they're just quite bland to be Mm -hmm. honest it does if i'm watching a game and I know it's the charges it's not one that I'm going to go to first of all and you should do with the talent that's on that roster I'm not completely convinced by them I'm not convinced by uh, Herbert as well yeah it's um they're one of the few teams that I, I think a lot of teams will look at them and they're not really scared of the chargers mm-hmm. I, I don't think nobody scared is anyone. Yeah. although no. we as we know they have the potential to blow out anyone. The potential yeah. is there, but I don't think many teams are looking... Are, 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 sorry, when I say many teams, many of the, the top-tier teams in the league look at the Chargers and go, oh, you know, we need to be careful that week 
Because <laughs> if, I mean, even even my own guys were like, "Yeah, we can take the Chargers." <laughs> it's, I, I mean, what does that tell you? Um, whereas other teams, all the likes of the Bills, the Bengals, the the Eagles, the the, the Chiefs, you, you worry going into those games. You know, you, you're, you're apprehensive. Can we beat this team? I don't know. But with the Chargers, I I don't think you get that feeling. Oh, I mean, I look at our schedule for this season. I know when we're playing the Broncos. I know when we're playing the Chiefs. I know when we're playing the Steelers. I'd have to go back and look because I'm not sure when the games against the Chargers are. Yeah. And I, I just don't, they don't worry me, home or away. I mean, we will probably lose at SoFi, but, you know, we can probably take them home and away this season. So, well, yeah, I I, I don't see a reason why not. Dave, do you have, do you have anything you, you want to sort of add to that? Because I mean, we 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 sort of glossed over their their defense when it, well, I I mm-hmm. did when I was going through it. They do have some playmakers. They've got one of the mo- most famous in the league. They've got I, Kelly O'Mac. Yeah, you've also got um, Darren James. Yeah, they, they've got exactly. some, they've I mean, got like it's like the offense. They've got the talent. It's I, putting it together. I don't, just doesn't yeah, seem exactly. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, you, you mentioned pre- before the coach, the head coach. Now, uh, the head coach is Brandon Staley, and he was the Rams' defense coordinator from in twenty twenty. So you know, there was a lot of high expectations expected with them, and they kind of. Just they, they were already bland before he came in. No, it, it's been like I, I, I go as far to say the Chargers have been bland and, as Christian says, vanilla since uh, LT left. I would go as far to say that because he lit up that entire franchise. His play because he's one of the greatest running backs ever. He lit up that entire franchise, and since then I can't think of anyone or any occasions where I've just thought oh wow yeah the Chargers played not once not once and that's it's a long time since he retired it it is a long time since he retired uh and you're right about that but they still suffered from the same thing when he was there they would get into the playoffs and wouldn't get it done some of those yeah, teams results wise yeah. some of those teams that Marty Schottenheimer put together were loaded absolutely loaded the town 14 and 2 number one seed breeze into the playoffs and then come a cropper against the patriots yeah and and you're just thinking what there's that famous shot of um lt on the sideline with the big the uh the big wind cheater on and his helmet on mm-hmm. and he's just it, he doesn't even want to look at what's going on and the guy you know intercepting and then fumbling after Marty Schottenheimer says, get down. Oh, Whew. anyway, that's all right. I'm okay with that one. Now, that was, that was the Los Angeles Chargers. But I say, so I think we're all in agreement. They've got loads of talent. No one knows what they're going to do with it. Right. That, yeah. a fairly, <laughs> fairly effective summary. Pretty much so. Pretty much. Uh, so we then come to the next team, and it is, Christian, your Las Vegas Raiders. Now, they finished the season uh, 6-11. and 11. They had a negative 23 points differential. Uh, the offense was clicking, though. It was the defense. I mean, they scored 395 points. That That's not a, a, a little amount of points to be scoring. Um, but 418 allowed by that defense. They had some rough games. We've already... 
you know, you mentioned the, the Colts scheme against Jeff Saturday's Colts. We know that Dave is going to bring up the Rams scheme because he already tried to do that when we were talking about the, the, the Chiefs. There. Um, but I will put it to you first, Christian. Last year, Derek Carr was your quarterback. Yep. He's now gone. Yes. You are, and I know you're happy. I know you did not rate Derek Carr at all. You've now got Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you think this is in terms of upgrade, downgrade, sideways move? Um, obviously, we know the coaching situation there as well. What do you... Do you know what? I'll break it down. What did you make of them last year? What are you expecting from them this year? That's much easier. I should have just said that. Well, last year, obviously, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, coming off the back of finally getting into the playoffs and Derek Carr throwing the ball away uh, right at the end when we should have beaten the Bengals and carried on. So, you know, new, new coach, new GM. Um, I think going into the 2022 draft, we were living off the back of whatever Gruden and his team had been planning for that year. So this year uh, with the draft, it's it's all down to McDaniels and Ziegler themselves. Um, I was disappointed in 2022. I thought we should have been better. Um, never trust a team that goes 3-0 and in pre-season. Uh, you're just heading yourselves for uh, a season of disappointment. Uh, as soon as we went 3-0, and I was just like, oh, heck, here we go. Um we got in so many good positions last season. We took the lead so many times. We were two, three touchdowns ahead, and then we just blew it in the second half. We threw so many games away. Um, you know, I'll give Dave the chance to just put a big smile on his face. That game against the Rams, I still don't know how we came away not winning that. Um Coming into this season, I am more optimistic than I probably should be. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're allowed to be optimistic. You have mm -hmm. to be. Right, listen, at the moment, the Raiders are undefeated. It's the best way to look at it. <laughs> but at the yeah, moment, exactly. undefeated. Perfect season is still on the cards for the Raiders. Yeah. Now, Dave, we are going to come to you. We do have to talk about this game. Because it was ridiculous. The, the, the very fact that the Rams picked up a quarterback and then 48 hours later, he's playing and they win the game. It's just, it should never have happened, but it did happen. And I know you want to talk about this game because you tried to do it, sneak it in earlier. So go on, Dave. First of all, Tell us what you think of the Raiders, and then you can talk about that game. Well, when you say I tried to sneak in earlier, I sneak in with a bulldozer, maybe. But uh, I, I said sneak in, shoehorn that well, thing. In. Yeah, yeah, a loose term with a sneaky. But um, what do I think about the Raiders? Uh, I think last year there was so much going on off the field as well as on the field um, that. It, it it took a shine off of any good that they did whatsoever. Um, I I think Josh McDaniels is going to carry on being Josh McDaniels, which is, means they're going to have a bad year. Um, uh, Jimmy G, 
instead of Derek Carr, it's it's a, a completely different quarterback. I think what they've done is not play to the strength that they have with Devontae Adams. I think they're. I th- I think uh, Carr was better for that because Carr <laughs> has a much better deep throw than Jimmy G. Jimmy G does not have a good deep throw, and trust me, I saw him for years at the 49ers. He's got very good short throws, very good medium throws, and I mean they're spot-on accurate throws. Deep balls are not his good, his strong point, and I think uh, Devontae Adams may have to be may have to adjust a lot more to a lot less deep ball uh, routes. So it'll be interesting if they're going for a completely different direction. But I still don't see much improvement from the Raiders. They've made a good few moves, but I I think there's I think there's other things that need to fix that are going to prevent any kind of pro- progression. Um, that that game though, I I don't know how we want it. I I I mean me shouting a stupid clock in the morning when I've got work in about five hours time was not the brightest feeling uh, I've ever had. But um, yeah, it, it, that game they just they didn't want to win it, and I felt that a couple times. It looked like it was one of those games where a team looks like they're trying to throw it away. They they just they're doing everything wrong over and over and over again. That was the Raiders. I mean, bear in mind we had we had nearly no one. We we had guys that I think the food truck guy was in it was in at right guard. Um, you you got the merchandise seller guy in at cornerback. We we were down to the bare bones, and yet somehow yeah we we fly Baker Mayfield in. 48 hours. He does. He, he all he can really practice is two minute drills. The rest of the time is trying to get the calls right uh, and knowing which direction each call may, uh, means, left, right, whichever. But they did the two minute drill. They had less than two minutes to get it down the field and score. And it just uh, that's it's one of the kind of drives of the year. Um, it's right up there with the top of the entire season. So. I, I've got nothing against the Raiders organization. They were my when I was young. I used to have two teams. I had the Rams. I had the Raiders. And it was when Jerry Rice was was down down that wing um, for the Raiders that I was following them. So nothing against them. I don't like their their kind of backroom staff at the moment. I think Josh McDaniels is just a laughing stock, uh, to be quite honest. And I'm seeing a kind of consistent season from uh, carrying on from last season that they don't have. Just what it takes, to be honest. I think they're going to be end up at the bottom of, the, of their division yet again. I um, I don't know ab- about the Raiders. I don't know what they're going to be. Uh, I'm with you, Dave, in that I think Josh McDaniels is a charlatan. I think he yeah. is a terrible head coach. I think he should just go back to New England and do what he does best and just run an, uh, an offense and let Bill Belichick win championships for him. I, see, that's what he should do. Um, trying to be a head coach. He tried it once. It was one of the most god-awful things that's ever been put on earth. We won't talk about I, the team he was with. Uh, yeah, and- I, I have a theory, though, Neosa. Uh, I have a theory. I have a theory that Josh McDaniels, Daniel Jones, and Kirk Cousins, they, their agents' names are three different names, but I think it's the same person. Because they have robbed all three of their teams of millions and millions of dollars. Now, I don't know how he does it, but the greatest salesman ever 
is there. Well, if if they are three different people, they are those three agents. Because Josh McDaniel's been given head coach job after head coach job. He's failed out on every one. He's uh, the only one he's done is kind of be back up to Belichick with Belichick taking the praise and him getting no praise because he's well done he, nothing right. He didn't do anything. But, yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. But yeah, the, I I I think with that with the Raiders though uh, and Josh McDaniel, I I think that they're. They're doing what the Broncos tried to do last year with Hackett to give him time. The problem with Hackett was that he wasn't going to, that wasn't going anywhere. And I think the Raiders just, the penny hasn't quite dropped yet with McDaniel that it's not actually going anywhere. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see McDaniel reaching the end of the year for sure. One thing I do like, um, I like the Jimmy G signing. I, yep. I, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's a good signing. We a beautiful all... signing. Oh, she's a, a very good-looking signing. He's a very handsome <laughs> man. A... You do have he's the most handsome quarterback in the league. Yeah. You do. Yeah, You've got the yeah. best-looking quarterback in the league, and it's not even close. I wow. think. Um, and he I, looks really good. I think good I messaged you um, when when we signed him, and then the free agency started, and we picked up Jacoby Myers straight away. Um, we picked up a couple of others. Um, Raiders are going aerial this year. I mean. We still have the Josh Jacobs situation that he's not signed. You know, pay the man. You were stupid. You you should have um, you should have done it last season, but we didn't, and that's going to cost us a lot of money this year. We are obviously we are going aerial this year. Um, you know, Jimmy G is consistent in the short and in the medium. Uh, he will hit them, and you know, both. Myers, uh, Hunter and Devante, they all can play out wide, but they can also play in the slot as well. So we are covered in that area. And if it's just a case of moving that ball quickly, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite excited for, to see how we play this year. I mean, it will be the thing for, um, it will be the thing for McDaniels here. We either come out with a winning season this year or he is gone. Um, huge, huge gamble with the uh, benching car last year. One that I completely back. I think it was uh, well and truly time for Carr. He should have gone long before that. Nine seasons, two playoffs, both losses. Nah. He's a, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not a franchise quarterback. See, you, you mentioned the 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 short to medium passing game, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people. It's not that they forget. That's that's the wrong word. But it's almost like they overlook the slot receivers. And yet, you know, two years ago, Cooper Cup was the leading receiver in the NFL, mostly out of mm-hmm. the slot. When Michael yeah, Thomas a was, slot receiver. Yeah, when yeah, Michael yeah, Thomas was dominating in New Orleans, he's a slot receiver. Yeah. Well, Devontae Adams is arguably the best slot receiver in the entire game. Mm-hmm. He, well, you can argue he's the best receiver full stop, but in the slot, the man is absolutely uncoverable and unstoppable. Jimmy G loves nothing more than dinking and dunking all over you. You you mentioned it, Dave. He doesn't have the you know, the the rock does, with yeah. arm. He doesn't need it. Oh. Not in this offense. Um, and particularly an offense that Josh McDaniels is running. 
And with Josh, if they sign Josh Jacobs, Christian, you're absolutely right. They need to sign this man. Got to sign you know, Josh I mean, Jacobs. We we lost Darren Waller, and that was a tough thing to take mm-hmm. yeah. uh, losing into the Giants. But then we went out and we got a really interesting uh, lad in the draft. Uh, the tight end, what's his name? Um, Myers, isn't it? Uh, hold on. You see, this is what happens when you get old. That was it, Michael Meyer. Uh, you know, he was draft pick 35, so we got him in the second round. Um, Notre Dame, I think he was. You know, he looks a big, strong lad. He looks like somebody who can be going out from game one uh, and contributing. And then we picked up a, a, a guy in free agency as well, name I forget. Um, so it's a loss, Waller, and it's a, a big loss, but I think we've gone out and addressed things in the draft to fill the holes that needed filling, with the exception, I would say, uh, of the secondary. That's that's where I still think we have a problem. We've had a problem for a few years, and I, I still think we have a problem there. Well, speaking of the secondary, that's a nice segue. Into the final team. The final team in our AFC West deep dive, and it is, of course, the Denver Broncos. The Broncos finished the season 5-12. and 12. They had a points differential of 72, negative 72, I beg your pardon. Um, but that's not because the defense wasn't any good, because that secondary uh, was exceptional all year, as was the rest of the defense. The Denver Broncos scored 287 points last year, the lowest in the entire NFL. Um, as we know, it was pain. Well, it was probably hilarious for Christian. It, but if you were actually forced to watch any of these games, it was painful watching this offense move. Dave, I remember at least one occasion, might have been two occasions, where you actually watched the Broncos. In fact, did you not watch the Broncos Colts game? I think you did. Yes. The most inept offense you've ever seen. I'm going to cast your minds back to this time last year. (laughs) This time last year, um, I was so hyped for the Denver Broncos because I bought into the, the, the hype of we're just a quarterback away. And I firmly believed that. Um, and, you know, we get a coach, an offensive-minded coach, because we'd had Vic Fangio for four years. And, and I liked Vic Fangio because I liked what, I, lo- I love good defense. That's what I love. Yeah. And I loved what he was doing in the defense. But as we'd said, the, the clock management was terrible with Fangio. He kept hanging on to timeouts and, you know, it was it just, it wasn't working. The end of games were painful with Fangio's head coach. So when Hackett came in, I thought, hey, here we go. This will be good. And I was wrong because it wasn't good. In fact, it was the opposite of good, which is bad because that, it was bad. I I don't want to go off on one here. I the self restraint that I have in place right now, talking about this, is it's it's beyond belief. But a lot of the Broncos' problems last year was due to injuries. Um, you had Garrett Bowles out for the entire year. Tim Patrick was out for the entire year. Javante Williams was out for the entire year. Um, Corton Sutton missed time. KJ Hamlin missed time. The offensive line was rotating. Uh, it was awful. Um, and I'm saying that, but as I'm saying that, 
nothing can excuse the playing of Russell Wilson, which was appalling. He looked awful last year. And the play calling by the head coach. Uh, Now, I'm trying my best not to go off on another Nathaniel Hackett rant here. We all saw it. It was week one. We saw it. There was just the week worst. one. You called for it. The, the worst coaching decisions by any one coach in any one season I have ever seen. <laughs> because it's not like you know you you get these teams, uh, like like Urban Meyer's Jags, right? That mm-hmm. was that was an absolute ca- car crash. It really yeah. was. Um, but. Nathaniel Hackett didn't have the excuse of, um, you know, coming from college. He'd been in Green Bay for years. As a coordinator, I grant you. But the whole point of this was that he was supposed to put this offense into death. It was the worst offense in the entire league. The the worst. Like, they, they, they were last in, like, third downs. They were last in... Uh, and do you remember when Pat Shermer... Right? See, when Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos, and I was I was going, he's, he's awful, and all we do is, you know, one-yard run, one-yard run, and then we're in third and long every time. So when Nathaniel Hackett came in, I thought, this is all going to change. It got worse. We brought in a Hall <laughs> of Fame trajectory quarterback, beefed up all the other positions in the offense, and brought in this offensive genius guru Nathaniel Hackett and it got worse we had the worst offense in the entire league. I'm sorry I said I wasn't going to rant I've started I'm going to stop now Christian I'll put it to you first because I'm sure you'll enjoy this what did you make of the Broncos last year and um, what do you think is going to happen this year they have made a change at the coaching position last year was one of my favouritest years um as a Raiders fan, and I will, I will only use this one time, but watching the donkeys um, fall apart week after week was just hilarious. The fact that you are my pal and I don't like to rub it in. Um, I thought I was pretty well behaved for the whole of the season. Um, your rants every week on the WinFL show were an absolute joy to listen to. <laughs> there was one, um, now I live out on the west side of the Isle of Lewis, if you live here. Um, his rant started just before I got to Garenheim. It lasted all the way into Stornoway. I drove around Stornoway a few times and then it lasted all the way back to Achmore. Um, so for Anybody who doesn't live here, that's about 40 minutes worth of driving. And he was just so apoplectic at how bad the Broncos were. It was hilarious. Um, Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson was just atrocious last year. He was. Um, that, That game against Seattle... Um, where he was expected to go in and blow away Gino, and at the end of the day, Russell Wilson was hiding back in the locker room. Gino had absolutely had a fantastic game. Um, the Seahawks didn't look back last season. Um, this season, bringing in Sean Payton, you know, great head coach, 
but he's been out of it for a few years. Um, I'm sure he will turn round the organisation. I think they will be better this season. But I don't think they're going to be that much better. Dave, I'm going to put it to you because, again, last year, off-season, I said it can't get any worse. So it has to be better. And I was wrong. So horrendous. That take when I said the Broncos can't get worse was worse than when I said Carson Wentz would make a Pro Bowl. That's how wrong I was. The wrongest of all. Now, if, if it, if it, <laughs> the wrongest, yeah. I, I know. Yes. If it was a Peter Jackson trilogy, it would be Lord of the Wrongs. That's how wrong I was. <laughs> it was just <clears throat> so wrong. Now, this year, it can't get any worse. I, I, I know that. It can't, I'm convinced. We've got in Sean Payton. Now, Christian's right. He's not been in the league for a couple of years. But it can't get any worse. Can it? Dave, let no. me know. No, it's not, go- it's not going to get worse. Um, I genuinely think the Broncos have... They've gone so far ahead of last season that I, I, I would predict a winning record for them this year. That's how much confidence I have in the Broncos. I think if they can even just maintain not even at the slightest drop-off on defence, I still think that'll be more than enough to limit the points of other teams, in particular in the division. You know, the Chiefs, we, we, know, we know how that's going to go. It's going to be like kind of 17 all with about one minute to go and then I don't know, like the, the, the safety or something for Kansas Chiefs will, will kick a 50-yard field goal against the Broncos in Mile High because that, that's, that tends to be what happens with the Chiefs and the Broncos. Apart from that, though, I genuinely think, excuse me, I think that um, Sean Payton, he may have been out the league for two, what, two years, I think it was? Um, yeah, two the years. The game hasn't moved on a huge amount in two years, and he is still one of, if not the best court, uh, head coaches in the league. There's just no way around it. Sean Payton lives and breathes football, and he's good at it. You know, he's had uh, the Saints. The Saints had good players. You know, obviously they had Breeze, who, who's a great player. He was what he's one. Of, he's one of the greatest. Yeah, I, I think you know he's right up there. But the rest of the players were good, and Payton put together a system and a squad and played to the strengths of all his players. And he was able to take that Saints team year after year into the playoffs. And that's not that's not an achievement to be sniffed about. That that's a it's a fantastic achievement. I think he can do that in Denver. I genuinely even if you're not knocking the Chiefs off the top the, the top ring, you're still gonna have success with Sean Payton at the helm and you know, with like with the uh, players that are good, and they do have that. They filled some space. I think Mike McGlinchey is quietly one of the best signings in the entire league because he's on Wilson's blind side. He's one of the best right tackles in the league. I know because he was a 49er since the age of time, and he's you know left San Francisco, which I'm I'm not sorry to see the back of him whatsoever. Uh, twice a year and just the rest of the time when he when he was goading the Rams, but um, yeah, that that that's one of the best signings that they could have made. I think also a very good backup coming from Las Vegas in Jarrett Stidham 
I think that that was a quietly very smooth move. Um, and of course, if things don't go to plan on offense, you have the absolute weapon that is Riley Dixon to hoof that ball into <laughs> orbit in mile high. And you know, I'm not that I'm saying I'm still a bit bitter about him leaving the Rams, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, our, he basically, our highest-rated quarterback last year was Riley Dixon. I'm pretty sure I said that in one of the <laughs> random stats. So, um, yeah, I, I I think you have a lot to be optimistic about. But I, I do have one question for you, though. Yes. Is there, say, one or two things that you think Wilson did so badly last year that he can massively improve on? Like, you not obviously finding receivers would be an obvious one but you know what i mean when maybe there's things that he's done in seattle that he should have transferred over to denver that he didn't or you know some sort of change that you want to see him make yes absolutely and there is one major thing that when we signed him i thought he was going to do and he never did it and it was the opposite he held onto the ball in the pocket for so so many of the sacks he took were his own fault and they were there were some terrible sacks that he took because he just stand there, like stand there for five seconds mm-hmm. and then just get sacked. And you're like, why? Why don't you just throw the ball away? Because clearly, what you because he wasn't playing like Russell Wilson. We've all seen mm-hmm. Russell Wilson play for a decade in Seattle. He's one of the most frustrating players to play against because he's so mobile and you know he can escape the pocket and he can do all this stuff. But he wasn't doing that in Denver. Or when I, did I think he did, I, I, I think really I said slow. that to you. Yeah, I think I said something similar to you. Maybe week six, week seven time that Wilson was almost scared to get out the pocket. It's like he was being told stay in the pocket, but I it was not honestly, working whatsoever. Yeah, I honestly think that Nathaniel Hackett basically tried to insert his Green Bay offense into Denver with Russell Wilson. That's not mm-hmm. going to work because as much as I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and as much as we all have a laugh and joke at him at his expense, he's one of the best pocket passers to ever play the game. One of the things that he doesn't do is take a lot of sacks because he seemed to have some sort of instinct, uh, uh, like a timer in his head. Time's up, bang, ball's gone. It's, it's just gone. Russell Wilson has never been that style of quarterback, ever. So trying to make him do that and not play to his own strengths, which are his mobility. Funnily enough, when Hackett got the heave-ho, right, on your bike, mate, Russell Wilson all of a sudden looked like a much better quarterback. We said it. (laughs) He's rushing for touchdowns. You're like, where was this all year? Because it, uh, it was like when he when he was in the pocket and he'd go through, you know, looking at one, looking at his next option, looking at his next option, and then when he was done with that, it was as if he'd been told, "You don't run with the ball," and yeah. he was he was out of options then, and he just he took the hit time and time again. Oh, um, he certainly looked better in that last last couple of games. He did. In fact, that final game um, against San Diego. Is probably the best he looked all year. He looked mm. comfortable. He made some. There was one throw that he made, rolling out to his left down the sideline to Jerry Judy, and I was like, "There it is." It only took until week eighteen 
the final <laughs> game of the season to see what we were expecting to see in week one. In That's week what one. we were looking yeah. for. Week one. But remember, the other thing was Russell Wilson didn't play a single snap of preseason. I don't think Sean Payton will make that mistake. There was a lot of stories. I don't want, I don't want to see rumors um, about Russell Wilson having his own office on the first floor instead of being down in the sec, on, the, on the ground floor with everyone else. Um, he didn't play in preseason. He wasn't participating with the team. And you're thinking, what's going on here? You've literally just come in here. And it's not like, oh, look at me. I'm Russell Wilson. I'm a future Hall of Fame player. And you're all nothing. Because you've got... All pros on that team. You know, you look at, I, I bring it up again with the defense. Justin Simmons is a perennial all pro safety. It's arguably top three safety in the entire NFL. Mm. And you've got, um, I mean, Pat Sartan is just lights out one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Yeah. They've got, yeah, would really, give anything to have him. Uh, very, very few people wouldn't. Uh, Pat Sertan is that style of player. He he will improve any secondary, and he really improved Denver's secondary. He covered up for a lot of deficiencies from other players. Um, so it's not like Russell Wilson's coming in. He's the only superstar. He's the only guy. But it almost seemed like that's the way he was being treated. And you think, that's not right. He should be playing preseason. I don't think Sean Payton will make that mistake. I think if anyone can ground people's egos... It's someone like Sean Payton. Second only to someone like, you know, Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. We've just got no time for egos. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm expecting better things. I'm hoping we stay reasonably injury-free this year. Of course, that's never going to happen. You're always going to have injuries. I think the problem was that we lost all of our starter, star power. and It just it just killed us. When Javonte Williams went down injured in week three, two week three our running game was zero until we signed latavius murray in week uh, nine i think it was we had no running game for a six week stretch nothing um so i th i think we they need to stay healthy um i think it'll be an upgrade i hope it's an upgrade. I, I can't take another year of this i i, I, I don't I, think there's any way that there is not going to be an upgrade Sure. Now you've got that head coach. Um, we like you say the last couple of games. You saw it in Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. the old Russell Wilson, the one that we were expecting to be in Denver last season. Um, yeah, I, as much as it pains me, yeah, I I do think there will be a, a an upgrade at Mile High this year. Um, just hopefully not that good. <laughs> So that will wrap up at AFC West Roundup. The only thing left to do, gentlemen, I need your predictions for the who's first, second, third, and fourth. Um, I will go first, actually. I'll go first. Um, make a nice easy for everyone. Uh, I'm taking the Broncos to go 17-0, of course. They'll win the division. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs. Um, I actually think the Chiefs will improve on last year. I've got them going 15-2. and two. I do. I've got the Chiefs at 15-2. and two. I think they are that good. Um, I then have uh, the Denver Broncos actually with an 11-6. and six. 
Third place, tied with the Broncos at 11-6, and six, I've got the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they are going to improve dramatically. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a very, very good quarterback. Very underrated, has been his entire career. I've got the Chargers with a 10-7 and seven record. All four teams, double-digit wins in the AFC West. But I think the Chargers are going to be at the bottom. I've got the Broncos winning a tiebreak over the Raiders at 11-6. Uh, and I've got the um, Kansas City Chiefs, as I say, winning it 15-2. and two. Dave, what are your predictions for the AFC West? Uh, I think we're, uh, we're on the same track, bar one team. And it will become very evident soon. So I, I do, obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to win the division. That pretty much goes without saying. I can see maybe a couple of weeks without Pat Mahomes, though. I can see just one in, maybe he'll get one injury or something, and it might be early on. You know, he might maybe just not quite got the quick step that he had for like he's had for the last few years, avoiding injuries. He said he's obviously had injuries, but he's always played through the majority of them. They have been relatively minor, but he's still you know toughened it out. I'm worried that he might guess a more serious one, but I'm still going to pick them to win. Uh, I'm going for twelve and five for the Chiefs. Second. The Denver Broncos. I am going for the Broncos. And I'm going to say it's going to be a 10-7 and 7 record for Denver. Now, third, I'm going for the Chargers. But I think the Chargers are going to have an 8-9 and 9 record. Mm. So I think they might, they're, going to, they're just going to stagnate in true Chargers style. Um, bit, you know, maybe pick up one or two injuries again, and again, one or two games that they should win, they're not going to. Rounding up the division, though, I think we're going to see a 5-12 and 12 Las Vegas Raiders. And I don't say that lightly, because I think the true Josh McDaniels effect is really going to happen early on, and I think he will be sacked when the Raiders lose to the Bears in October. I think that's what's going to happen. So if the Raiders get annihilated after a poor start uh, to the season by the Bears, Josh McDaniels will be gone right there and then. And I don't. I, I think it would be good for the organization if he does go. Um, and it'll, he'll, he'll find some way to play Jimmy G wrong, to play Devontae Adams wrong. It, it's just what he does. It's his natural instinct to do that, it seems like. But um, yeah. I think the Raiders are going to have a poor season and be quite high up that uh, that that kind of pick for picks for the twenty twenty four draft. Well, there we are, Christian. What do you make of that? Uh, what are your predictions for the AFC West standings for twenty twenty three? Well, unsurprisingly, like everybody else, I'm going for the Chiefs in the number one slot. Um, I am going Chiefs. 15 and 2 as well. Um, I don't see anything that's going to worry them anywhere, to be quite honest. Um, like Dave says, if Mahomes picks up an injury, yeah, it, it could it could knock them one or two. But um, it's the next three places. This is, I have changed this round so many times. I even got to one point where I had the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos all at 10 and 7 um, and trying to work it out but I still think the Broncos 
they're there whether they can keep it up all season long. You see how how much I'm swithering on this one, but I am going to go Chargers 10 and 7. I'm going to go Raiders 3rd, 9 and 8. And I'm going to go Broncos 4th, 8 and 9. There we are. I don't know why. I have no way to back that up. Dave could be absolutely... On the, on the mark here because the Raiders do not have the easiest. We've got a really tough schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Our opening our opening few games, if we don't get off to a flyer uh, at that first game at mile high, um, you know, we're, we're on the back foot straight away. Um, in our favour, we've, we've not lost to you guys for the last six, Seven games, is it, mm-hmm. Neosa? Maybe, maybe it's slightly more than that. I mean, I we have is. a really good record against the Broncos. Everyone um, has a really good the, record against the Broncos because we're. That's the thing it. about that's <laughs> the thing about records. You know, records are there to be broken. It's going to be that first game for the Raiders and the Broncos has to set the tone for for the season. Um, we're going in brand new quarterback. Uh, new receivers, new tight end, uh, and the Broncos are going in. Brand new head coach. Can he turn Russell Wilson into the possible Hall of Famer that we expect him to be? Um, I could be completely wrong, and we could just swap all three of those places around, but it's a nail on for the Chiefs, and then throw a dart in a dartboard for two, three, and four. Sounds just about right. And and probably just as accurate as anything we've said already. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, that wraps up, uh, as I say, the AFC West deep dive. Okay, gentlemen, so that brings us to the last segment of today's show. And it is, of course... Random stats. Random, random stats. stats. Random yeah. stats. Now, um, it's your choice, Christian. You are the guest. Do you want to go first, second, or third with your random stat? Um, I will go... I'll go second. Second. There you go. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Dave, I'll give you the choice now. Mm-hmm. Number one. He wants yeah. to go first. Okay. Go on. Dave, what first. is your random stat? Well, I've been following some some kind of good good feeling stories. There's a, there's a guy on Twitter... Um, who he, he puts out little uh, articles and things about uh, good feeling stories and interesting stories, but uh, usually they're kind of you know ha- happy, lighthearted, and um, nice kind of upbeat stories. This one was a bit of a weird one for him to put out, and I, I read it and I fact checked it, and you know it was quite he was quite correct. So go, going back to two thousand and seven, that was a famous draft for the Raiders for the wrong reasons, because who was drafted number one? But the random stat legend that is Jamarcus Russell. So Jamarcus Russell made $36 million in his time in the NFL. Okay. Now in that time, he threw for 18 touchdowns. So that, if you want to directly put it in money terms, it's like $2 million per touchdown. So that's quite an expensive touchdown ratio. Um, but looking at some of the contracts in the NFL, one, one, one kind of popped out a little bit, which was Jalen Hurts' contract. 
So we know Jalen Hurts' contract is 250 million over five years. Okay, so just to match Jamarcus Russell's touchdown value, he would need to throw 25 touchdowns a year. Now, he ha- he has not thrown 25 touchdowns in a year in his first three years in the league. Okay, obviously he didn't. He only had four starts in his first year, so we can we can disregard that year, but. He threw uh, 22 touchdowns last year. He did rush for 13, though, bumping up his touchdown amount. Uh, and the second year, he threw for 16 touchdowns. Now, at the, for, for him to get to, to be at 1.7 million per touchdown, he would need to throw 30 touchdowns a year. So the value for money there, I think, kind of... It shows the the ridiculous market of the quarterbacks right now, the state of the quarterback market, I would say. However, Ryan Tannehill's contract has been quite well documented, yes. probably the best yes, word. Has, documented, yes. yeah. So since he signed his big bumper deal in 2020, his average earnings is $29.5 million per year. Now, we are not the biggest Ryan Tannehill fans on this podcast whatsoever. And we're still pretty much putting his agent in the league of Daniel Jones's agents uh, at this stage and uh, Josh McDaniels. But um, he, it, it, so that, that is his total earnings basically since 2020 have been 88 and a half million dollars. That's just astronomical money. We know that. However, in that time, he actually has thrown for a grand total of 71 touchdowns. And he also rushed in for 16 touchdowns. So that brings his amount of value to $1 million per touchdown. That means in this, in this direct stat that Ryan Tannehill was double the value of Jamarcus Russell. And Jalen Hurts mm, hasn't so, really got it down. So what you're saying is that... <laughs> If I've got this straight, Ryan Tannehill is worth double the investment of Jamarcus Russell, but Jamarcus Russell is a better investment than Jalen Hurts. Depending on the <laughs> next not, five years. I don't know about you, Christian, but that's what I took no, from that. No, but what Jalen Hurts needs to do to achieve those numbers again. Last year, he was in the MVP discussions the entire year. He needs to do that every single year for the Eagles to get value for money. I don't think he's going to do that. I think maybe after this year, I think he's going to get a little bit found out and be pegged down a little bit. That's what I think is going to happen with Jalen Hurts. So I I would say, I think with the Titans, I think you mentioned it last week, Neosa. With Tannehill, it's a devil you know. Yeah. You, know, you, you know what you're getting with Ryan Tannehill. It's just bland. Jalen Hurts is... Well, I mean, but Jalen Hurts, he's still quite young. I, I don't think... He, he's, he's definitely not going to reach anywhere near Mahomes. I, th- I think that, that's a ridiculous my, thing. But. Yeah, my only concern with Jalen Hurts... Uh, well, I have two concerns. Um, I hope he's not just a... I hate to use comparison. Carson Wentz. Let's yeah. not forget he was in the MVP discussion up until he got injured in 2017 and then turned to hot garbage in a, in a hurry. Um, I also don't want him to go the way of Cam Newton where he just gets beaten up. We said That's it about Josh Allen. About. 
said this about Josh Allen. He takes so because he's such a big guy and he runs so much, he takes on an awful lot of hits. Mm-hmm. That same thing could happen to Jalen Hurts. I don't want that to happen. I like Jalen Hurts. I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's as good as some people are saying he is. Um, I that, don't. I, I. I can't explain it's, it. Yeah. It's like yeah, because he. I mean, as a as a quarterback, I mean, obviously, your primary role as quarterback is to throw the ball. You know, you read the field, your le- your leadership and your ability to read what the defense is going to do and what they're showing, um, and to throw the ball when it is when you are need- needed to throw the ball. Jalen Hurst is not that quarterback. He offers a different threat, but through the air, I'd say he's average to good. In comparison how, to other quarterbacks. How many touchdowns did you say he threw? Last year, he threw 22 touchdowns. 22. See, in, in 17 games. Well, yeah, 15 starts, yeah, F- last year. 15. And yeah, it's, 20, it's 22 not... touchdowns. He did He did also have three um, postseason touchdowns. Yeah. But, uh, th- throw, throwing three. But bear in mind that there was four postseason games that the Eagles were in. Christian, so, what's, your, what's your view of Jalen Hurts? He's quite polar. <sighs> I, I I like Jalen Hurts. I've got a lot of time for him. Um, you know, if he hadn't been up against Mahomes, he probably would have walked away with the MVP in the last Super Bowl. Um, and, yeah, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. I think he would have walked away yeah. with a lot. Yeah. Um, somebody that if he was in silver and black, I would be extremely excited about. <laughs> um I do actually have a soft spot for the Eagles. I've always had a soft spot for the Eagles. Um, yeah, he's somebody that I would actually pay money to go and watch. And I don't say that lightly against about a lot of quarterbacks in the league. Um, he, I think, could be box office over the next five years for, for the Eagles. I think he's worth the investment, the money that they've put in him. Uh, they put the, the right line in front of him. Um it could possibly be one of the few NFC teams to actually challenge uh, to win that Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I definitely agree with that. The, the problem is, though, is that I, I do think that Jalen Hurts is good because of his style, especially he's going to get injured. I think Josh Allen is a ticking time bomb in the injury department because of how aggressive he is. If he doesn't learn to slide more instead of going for that extra one yard his he's jumping over linebackers all the time which game game was it last year and he was josh allen was going down the sidelines and he hurdled i think it was two players and he must have been at least five foot in the air and Mm -hmm. he still cleared them and he's he's what he's six four yeah big guy challenge six three six four he's a big guy um yeah, and he, like you say, he needs to learn to slide. Derek Carr was very good at that. He slid 20 yards before he needed to whenever he got outside <laughs> of the pocket. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it now. Um, you know, Jake's listening, you know, you, you're going to have hell for the next couple of years, mate. You have not got that good a quarterback. And that will come back and bite me on the backside, probably. I, but, uh, I, no, I think I it's. Think I, so. I think this is is very funny, and I'll tell you why. Sorry, I'm saying funny, not half funny. Well, a little bit weird. Um, I really like Derek Carr. 
And I'm not I'm not just saying that as a Broncos, you know, played for the Raiders, haha, he's rubbish. I really like him. I do, I think he see, I know you don't, Christian, and I know you watched him more than I have. Um but I think he is better than a lot of people think he is. I listen, you know better than I do. No, I mean he's been he's been moaning again this week about being shoved out of the door. I, I, I did see that, that guy could find a pick um, ten times more than he could find a touchdown. Um, he just wasn't as good as he thought he was. Um, and I'm just delighted that we got rid of him. Um, yeah, like I said, though, I would have Jalen Hurts at uh, Allegiant Stadium in a heartbeat. He's, he's, I, I would put him up there. Oof, I know you say top three or top five, but I'd, I'd probably put him in the top three. In, in, Ooh, in I'd put him, him, Mahomes, Josh Allen, and probably Jalen Hurts, number three for me. And then you're fighting it out between Lamar and the others after that. Don't know if he makes top yeah. two for me. I, I, I've still... You can call it EFC bias if you want, but I just think that mm. between Burrow and Lamar and Allen oh and Holmes, it's it's just tough. Although I do th- I do think Hurts is probably the best in the entire NFC, P- uh, yeah. playing the best. I do think so. Of course, we need to see what Brock Purdy does next year with the 49ers. Oh, good Lord, don't. Yes, we oh, do. No. Still on no, board the don't. hype train for Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm with Neosa on this one. No. In, fa- in fact, do you know something, Dave? You you, you sit there and I'll be right back. You, you <laughs> I, 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 I don't no, know if I want just, to. Just, I, I'll, I'm just going over here. You can't see. I'm going over here. Two seconds. Do you know what? I really hope that Brock Purdy walks out and yeah, just he walks, <laughs> trips over something, and that's him injured. What I have here, this uh, this was a gift. This, what, what do you can see that? This was a gift from my lovely wife. Um, and this is a train whistle. Hmm? So this year, whenever Brock Party plays well, it's going to be all aboard the hype train. For Brock Party. Sometimes, <laughs> some, there are moments in your life where you just have to evaluate everything that's in front of your eyes. And I'm evaluating this, and this this was a great gift, and I, I now have an excuse to use it every week this season, Dave. Every week the 49ers win with Brock Party at the helm, I will be blowing the hype train whistle. I oh. look forward to listening to that. That's going to be <laughs> for, for those who missed it, third time. Brilliant! I didn't hear it. I didn't even hear it. You did, didn't you? I didn't. You did. No, I don't think oh, it's, I did. Very, it's very quiet. Oh, is it? Hang oh, on a second. Yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll put it right up to the thing. Can you hear that? No, no, no. I didn't hear a thing. I'm telling you, the book party hype train has been derailed. That is what exactly Can what it is. Can you not hear that? No. Oh, is it coming out the bottom? Because it's um, you, no, it, it comes out the sides here. Yeah. No. No, your mic, your microphone does not like the Brock Purdy train. Oh, I can't believe you can't hear my whistle. 
No. That's that's rubbish. I can hear it. It uh, sounds I, great. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with not hearing it's, it, to be honest. Great, but I know what the problem is. I'm looking forward to hearing that. This Did we get a, a double whistle if they beat the Rams uh, home and away next oh, season? Oh, absolutely they will. I don't, know, I don't know why you can't hear that. That's weird. Obviously, microphone doesn't. It, it picks me up but not my whistle. <laughs> That's, that makes no sense. Anyway, right. That was beside the point. Christian, it's time for your random stat. Thanks random stat. Okay, well, um, this is sort of um, after you were on about uh, John Matuzak the other week. Um, playing sloth in the Goonies. Yes. And um, every fortnight in the style, we have a pub quiz, which I spend a, a happy couple of days picking out the questions. So once you you talked about the Goonies, I went for a bit of a deep dive into the world of cinema and the NFL. And I found uh, one of my all-time favorite films, Blazing Saddles, as a connection to the NFL. Do you know what that connection is? I can only guess. I, I love Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Dave, have you seen Blazing Saddles before we continue? No. Oh, right. <sighs> right. So first thing you need to do when you finish this <laughs> is go and get Blazing Saddles and watch it. Just do it. It's one of the funniest films of all time. Mel Brooks at his, what do you reckon, Christian's absolute powers? Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, it, rank, it ranks up with young Frankenstein, but I, it I, is. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Westerns. You, you obviously love Tombstone, which you say is the, the greatest Western. I yes. go for Rio Bravo. Um, but to find this connection in what is possibly one of the funniest films ever um, was just absolute joyous to me. So uh, there is one of the actors in Blazing Saddles. He was a 10th round, uh, no, 10th pick in the 1958 draft. He played for 12 seasons for the Detroit Lions. He was a four-time pro bowler. Um, he got suspended in 1963 for gambling because he owned a bar where gambling went on. The year that he was out, he returned to professional wrestling because he was a pro wrestler for a year before he joined the NFL. Uh, and then after he left the Detroit Lions with, hold on, I've got his, uh, I've got his stats here. Played 161 games with four interceptions and unofficially 100 sacks. He then went into acting. And this guy was named Alex Carreras, K-A-R-R-A-S. And do you know which character he played in Blazing Saddles? I I can only guess that surely it's got to be Mongo. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) It is. He played Mongo in Blazing Saddles. Uh, he also starred in the fantastic film uh, Victor Victoria. And he was in Rowan and Martin's Laughing. He was in the Mary Tyler Moore show. He played the sheriff in Porky's. He did Remember not. the sheriff? He was the, yeah, he was the brother of Porky. He played the sheriff in Porky's. And uh, he was also in MASH. He was a guest star in MASH. So now I need to rewatch that. 
I have yeah, to. Yeah, I was it. thinking the same. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to watch Blaze. It just gives you an excuse to watch Blazing Saddles again. That that's an amazing stat. I love that. That's uh, that's a great story. Fantastic. Yeah. A four a four time Pro Bowler. So mm. you know, and playing for the playing for the Lions as well. So you know, it's one of those teams that you always want to do well, but never quite uh, never quite get there. So yeah. Oh, it's also funny that um, Rio Bravo's your favourite Western because it's probably my second favourite Western. Oh, I, right. I, oh, I yeah. love Rio Bravo. I huh? love it. Dean Martin. Yeah, well, I went back and re-evaluated Tombstone because I'd not seen it for many oh. a year and you're absolutely dead right. It's a stone-cold classic. It's, it's a, a stunning film. Um, mm, but but yeah. Rio Bravo with Dean Martin, see when he sings that song? Oh my word! Sun is sinking in the west. I'm just Ricky Nelson. Ricky Nelson. Oh, yeah. oh. Dave, have you seen Rio Bravo? That's a no. Have you seen Tombstone? <laughs> oh my word! Like, just take tomorrow off work, right? And just yes. just go on a cinema binge. You have no idea. It's it's not often. It's not often that um, I tell people you need to see this film but honestly mm. you need to see blazing saddles you need to see tombstone and rio bravo you, you they're all time classics three very different films christian i think you'll yeah agree. totally totally um but three with, absolute see, with classics. with alex Carris. now I, when christian said his name it, it did kind of sort of ring a bell but i you know it's it's i'm never going to think it's from blazing side i've never seen never seen it before i was just having a look there because he's in my notes from uh when i did a random stat on players that did well outside of football so i i done one where you had multi-millionaires and things like that but he was what on my list of names that i had written down that i had uh, success in in other uh, kind of areas of life uh, after uh, the NFL. So I think I had a, a cop that, you, you know, that was, um, I think, it, you know, he was a, a kind of feel-good story. Um, there was multi-millionaires that, that, you know, property tycoons had turned into. And his name was on my list as yeah. uh, pe- potential people to talk about because he was, he was an actor, basically, he had gone into acting in Hollywood. But um yeah, yeah. He, from 1971, he was an actor until he passed away in uh, 2012. 2012, yeah. Ah, 2012. I, I also think one of my, my favourite things about him was um, after he'd been suspended for uh, gambling, when he came back, he was, uh, he was a, obviously a team captain. And at the toss-up, he told the umpire, I am sorry, sir, I am not permitted to gamble. <laughs> we wouldn't call the toss. <laughs> So Fantastic. yeah, so that's my random stat. Wonderful, that's a great story, Chris. I absolutely love it. Uh, okay, my my random stat is very just generic. It's it's just a stat. Um, it's about wide receivers, and this particular stat that I'm going to talk about is most receptions in a game. Now, the great Jerry Rice, who played for San Francisco, uh, and of course, indeed, played for your uh, Raiders, Christian. Um, his, his career high for receptions in a game is 16. Now, he's actually tied with a lot of people on that. You've got uh, guys like Keenan McCardell from Jacksonville, um, Wes Welker, Antonio Brown, 
Um, uh, he had 60 in the game. Uh, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, 16 with that highest. Oh, sorry, I, I said Antonio Brown. I beg your pardon, he had 17 in the game. Uh, when you get up to 17 in the game, um, you have Antonio Brown and Clark Gaines from the New York Jets. That was way back in the 1980s. You then go up to 18. Now, only three people ever caught 18 passes in a game. Jason Witten for the Dallas Cowboys. The Tom Fierce for the Los Angeles Rams in 1950. So there you are. And, I must have missed that one. And Brandon Marshall uh, for the Denver Broncos in 2008. That's the third most of all time. The second most of all time is 20 by Terrell Owens for the 49ers versus the Chicago Bears in December of 2000. But the most receptions in a single game in the history of the NFL is 21 by Brandon Marshall again mm -hmm. for the Denver Broncos versus the Indianapolis Colts on December the 13th, 2009. And that is my random stat. I will uh, plead full disclosure. I did know that Brandon Marshall, because <laughs> of Madden, because of Madden, because around that time was when I had I was still playing uh, NFL Madden, and I knew that he was he had it was two years running that he had you know the, these incredible kind of eighteen catches in one game and then twenty one again. Um, yeah, because I think there was so much hype around him at that point. It was it was incredible, which. I mean, if you go, if you're going to pull off stats like that, not only to get free, but to be the kind of subject and target of that amount of throws in one game, is is kind of testament to your teammates' belief in you. So, you know that someone that could have reached amazing heights, Brandon Marshall, didn't quite do it, but his name is in the record books. Um, the thing with Brandon Marshall is that he never gets mentioned when people talk about great wide receivers. True, his name never comes up. Ever. Um, and yet, you know, he was a six-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time All-Pro. He had over 12,000 receiving yards in his career and 83 touchdowns. And yet people just never, ever mention um, Brandon Marshall as, as one of the one of the, the great receivers. Uh, I think in his career, he, uh, where does he rank in his career? 23rd all-time behind Hall of Famer Art Monk. There you go, then. Yeah. A yeah. very underrated career. Very underrated, uh, Brandon Marshall. In fact, I think the, the uh, NFL films did a football life. They did one of the episodes on Brandon Marshall. It's actually a, it's a very, very good watch. So if you get the chance. There you go, Dave. Something else for you to watch uh, when you're bunking off work tomorrow is to do <laughs> a football life okay. with Brandon I've Marshall. I've got I've got uh, 11 hour day tomorrow, so I'm not sure how much will be spent watching the telly. I don't know how many Red Bulls I'm going to have to, in the bag for that. But. Oh, dear me. Dear me. But yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, that's my random stat. Most, uh, most receptions in a single game, 21, Brandon Marshall. There you go. Yeah, fantastic. So, gentlemen, Love it. Before, we, uh, before we finish off, um, was there anything else? Dave, has anything happened that we've missed while we've been talking? You know, Twitter exploded because, I don't know, um, Hard Rock Stadium I mean, collapsed into a swamp or something like that. No? Uh, first of all, uh, shame on you. I'm washing my mouth out. Uh, you leave Ibrox alone because I'm taking my daughter there in three weeks. Hard right? Rock. I thought you said Ibrox. Why would I talk <laughs> about Ibrox? 
This I is don't an NFL know, podcast. <laughs> I don't know, but you, you know, I've, I've heard you. I've heard you make uh, some digs before, but um, no, no, you haven't. You know let's let's no, t- no, 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 you haven't. It, no, look, you haven't. I, I, if all, coming from Barra, I can feel you <laughs> thinking it. So I, I, I know it's there. But uh, you know what? Twitter has been dead on the NFL front for three days. What's going on? Nothing's non, happening. Non-existent. I, I, do you know what? Is it just? I think it's a period where everybody is enjoying a break before the training camps. See, because or, the training yeah. camps... Or, ordinarily, the, all, all the kind of yeah, all the non rookies except from uh, maybe two teams, they all go back on the twenty fifth of July. So I think there's maybe um, I can't remember who it is. One team is going uh, back on the nineteenth, and one team's going back on the twenty first. This is for non rookies. For rookies, it's spread out any time between the kind of eleventh and the twenty fifth. But um, the thing that gets yeah. me, Davis, you're, you're absolutely right, but. That's not usually all these free agents still hanging around that are like E1 celebrities. Do, do you know True. what I mean? And I'm like, what's that? The, nothing. We're getting no news. I'm disappointed. Nothing at all. It, it's, it, well, it is. But, it's not uh, your fault, I know. Like, <laughs> well, th- yeah, thank you. I mean, last week you tried to pin the blame on, on Jake for uh, Dazone uh, and him, him naming like it, a global it's, broadcaster. It's, it's stupid. It, it's stupid. It, that is ridiculous. I, it's I, it's like, D A Z N. Don't don't pronounce yes. it Dazone. If it's D A Z, I mean we don't we don't say oh we're going to Monday Night Football on Espone, do we? No, we don't. Well, it was it was uh, the YouTuber KSI that I heard saying it for the first time. Are you but, sure you know, it's KSI say, and it's not Kosi? That's what I was say. Up to that point, I thought it was Kissy. <laughs> <It's just, laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's um, yeah. I, I think um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one as well. Does own because you know obviously there's never any problems when anything changes in the NFL whatsoever. So. Um, the only people are going to be affected by any changes whatsoever with that are going to be the fans. And yes, they, they definitely put fans first in the NFL. There you are. Thank you very much for that, Dave. Appreciate it. Christian, do you have anything uh, anything to add before we uh, before we wrap up? Not a, not a huge amount. I mean, we're all in that situation at the moment that we're just waiting for the season to come. Uh, fortunately, I'm a, a, a huge baseball fan as well, so um, that sort of fills the gap for me in the summer and the cricket as well, but we'll, we'll gloss over that very quickly. <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to the new season. I know everybody isn't expecting us to do well, but um, you only have to look at Chandler Jones. Now, Chandler Jones had a season last year for that player he looks so fit and lean and ready for this season that I'm just I just can't wait till it gets going um, I'm not going to get sucked in by the preseason this year um, whatever we come out with that record um, it's that first game at mile high because that's what the stadiums call it's mile high <laughs> it doesn't matter what company you put in front yeah, of it it's my stadium um and yeah i can't wait for it to i can't wait for it to start 
also Christmas Day this year. I mean, we, we've got the Christmas Day game. So my Christmas Day is already sorted. Um, haven't quite told the missus yet, but you know, that's what I'll be doing <laughs> Christmas Day. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to a great season and uh, long may it continue. Quite right. Uh, Dave, do you remember Christmas Day game last year? <laughs> you should. Uh, oh, that was us. Yeah. That was when yeah. your Rams dropped a 50 burger on the Broncos. Oh, yeah. 54, I oh, 54 yeah. points. Yeah. So my Christmas, Christian, was not <laughs> great. Uh, well, you know what? Some... It, all all these things are, tend to level out. So um, I, I think uh, on the Ram side of things, anyway, um, the rest of our season was absolute dire. So they had to give some a little bit of Christmas joy. Um, so you know, for the Broncos fans, I mean, maybe this year, yeah, you've got your Broncos have a lot more chance for a more successful season than, than the Rams. So yeah, I think uh, you you can let us have that one game. Yeah, just give you that one game, yeah. <laughs> one game. Yes. Well, one, you, well, let us have that one game and then you you can take our punter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did. He, he wasn't your punter, he was our punter. He just happened to be playing for the Rams, we took him back. There you go. He made so, a tomato. Yeah. Right, uh, gentlemen, that'll do us for today, I think. Uh, Dave, thank you very much. Pleasure as always. Christian, thank you very much for coming in. Do appreciate it. It's always nice to have a, a new face on the NFL show. Thank you very much for asking me to come on. I've really enjoyed it. No problem. I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point through the season. Um, yes. And thank you to everyone uh, for tuning in and uh, watching on YouTube as well. Putting the videos up on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Um, you can find myself. You can find Dave. You can find Jake. Find Andrew, Tim, Callum. Not Christian. Christian doesn't believe in it. And I don't blame you, Christian. Nope. Don't yeah, blame you at it. all. I left, I left Twitter a few years ago and it was the best thing I ever did. I'll bet it was. The profile's still there, but I just don't. I never log in. I never look at it. It's... Uh, Quite right. You stick with Instagram. <laughs> quite, quite right. Um, and once again, I remember if you are listening, if you're in the uh, Stornoway area, Lewis area, the Star Inn um, will be showing Red Zone through the season for, uh, from 6 o'clock until closing time, probably 11, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so make sure you get down to that as well. And you can uh, say hi to Christian. He is a Raiders fan. So if there are any other Raiders fans out there, then uh, feel free to pop into the Star Inn in Stornoway. Um, oh, and you can all form a, form a support group for the hor horrible <laughs> <laughs> season that's about to happen. Well, if, if it goes your way, Dave, and doesn't go my way, then yes, we'll come October, November, we might all just be uh, sitting around in the corner holding hands and <laughs> berating. Yeah, but that, yeah. let me just quickly say, if, he, if Josh McDaniels does go... Mm. Who would you replace him with? No, this is right at the end, because I have my idea. Who would you see as the next Raiders coach if McDaniel? Uh, as, as, well, as a more positive um, thing to put in there, probably like a Pringles can and some glasses, but uh, you know, as as like an actual coach, you're pretty slim pickings at the moment for uh, I I mean I I'd go for the Broncos defensive coordinator to be honest. I think he would be a, he's, a steal. He's, he's already gone. 
He's he's been pitched. Yeah. Who's the other one? There was another, who's the other defense? Oh, the Lions. Who's the Lions coordinator that was highly touted? Um, I'm. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Ewan will. Ewan will. Ewan, Ewan McPhail like, will know. Ewan will know. Yeah. Ewan will, Ewan will knock me out um, for see, even suggesting that. But, who yeah. would I? If I was, if I was, Mark Davis, who would I hire as a head coach? Um, oh, I, I mean, do you, uh, he's he's going to he's going to end up. I think he'll go for experience. He'll try to learn from Josh McDaniels. That you know, bring a coordinator. Go for an experience. Someone with, with experience is out of work at the moment. I think. I think you need someone who's been a head coach. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, I've, I've got nothing against you know coordinators getting promoted and that, but we we know that does not always work. But for at, more opera, C- uh, Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> would be. I mean, get back in the hot seat. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. My choice is, and I it was the person that I actually wanted the job before McDaniels got it, and that's Jim Harbour. I think he's wasting his time at... Uh, no, he's not wasting his time. He's, you know, he's no, doing he's, a great job yeah. at, at Memphis. He should be in the... He should be in the NFL. And he was touted. I believe he spoke uh, with Mark Davis um, for the job when um, McDaniels got it. And that's who I would like to see uh, as the next Raiders yeah, head coach, I- should... McDaniels fail. I I kind of wanted Harbaugh at the Broncos as well when we were looking for someone. And they were talking yeah, yeah. like, who would you go for? And I said, Harbaugh. If I had the choice, I would take Harbaugh. Yeah. But um, I don't, it's, it's hard to see past Harbaugh, actually, now that you mention him. There's, there, there, uh, that's what I mean. For proven uh, candidates that you would kind of get a little bit excited about, you're pr- it's pretty slim pickings at the moment. So, so realistic candidates. Um, so Harbaugh's right up there. You're talking top two, top three for uh, potentials, and like you said, he's not in the NFL. So why not? I, I would say, and like like I said, or you know, if he's not available, then that Pringles can is definitely going to be available uh, instead of Josh McDaniels. So oh yeah, my yeah so get your whistle out, mate. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> get get out. If only you could hear this. I'm, I'm disappointed at that. If, it would be not can't hear anything. If you, if you, if you stuck I can't believe Josh you can't in hear that on that train. I honestly Just, no, don't I believe it. you can't hear no. that. You're winding no, me up. No, we can't. No, no, we can't. Can't. I mean, Christian's not going to join me in sort of you know slagging off the Brock Purdy. Uh, I don't, I don't I, know. I, I like train, Brock Thomas Purdy. The Tank. Yeah. I think he did a fantastic job. Brock um, Purdy was amazing last yeah. year. Well, he was amazing. Birdie is going to be like Thomas, and he's going to be a tank engine, not a, not like on the on any kind of freight train or a hype train, whatever you want to call it. But Brock Party, anyway. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was putting a, a deviation in right at the end there. That's quite all right, uh, Christian. We're to... actually really used to tangents, as I'm sure you are aware. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't have been a long one. That'd be a long, yeah, that would probably be um, a Garen Hine to Ackmore sort of one there. Not that long, but... Yeah, not that long. <laughs> not that long. All righty. Uh, so, once again, Dave, thank you. Christian, thank you. Really appreciate uh, everyone at home. Thank you very much. We will catch you on next week's edition of The Win FL Show. <laughs>